I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I I don't know if they really think we can win every game. So we're good enough, I think. I'm not a genius, but we can win. We can win seven games. We can win these games. All right, we already threw away three of them. I mean, Oklahoma kicked our rear, but I said that that's that's the expectation. Is like, hey, not not just to go to a bowl game. Let's we can win the West. That's what it is. So, you're in first place. Act like it and play like it. Hey, I'm I'm a realist. If we don't get there, I'm not going to be here anyway. I've told them that. And we hey, we win the West. You know, I'll ride Mickey's coattails. But but it comes down to those guys playing, and I think they've taken that to heart, and we've practiced well these two days. It's the Wild West right now. Everybody's everybody's fighting, but if you look at the games, the games are coming down to the fourth quarter. It's really tough games. It's coming down to the fourth quarter, so we're going to take one game at a time. We got Rutgers, and we got to get ready for Rutgers, but the West is the West is wild right now. And welcome to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, as we're going to get you ready for Friday night's game at Rutgers, and we try to make sense of the wild, wild west that is the Big Ten, as it's a six-way tie, right, guys, right yes, now? Yes, it's, it's, that's right, Sean. A six-way tie uh, for first place, and as you heard Mark Whipple say, guys, we're in first place, act like it. And and, and it, there's just so much intrigue, and it is amazing just what one win does, and it it, uh, it is. It, it really wasn't. I mean, when you go back and like look at the second and third quarter, it wasn't a great performance. But Nebraska found a way to play consistent and make the big plays at the end that mattered to get their first Big Ten win in 364 days. Yeah, I mean, that looked like the team that personally I thought we'd see from the get go against Northwestern, one that you know was going to go through. It's it's hiccups as a you know, brand new offense and all that would, but they won with hard nosed defense. Um, outside of a couple drives in the second quarter, that defense dictated the game, especially in the second half. Uh, and then they made the the big plays when they needed to offensively, and they ran the ball effectively. They didn't get the big chunk runs, but Anthony Grant kept him on schedule with another impressive performance. Thirty two carries, uh, shouldering the load on offense, and really it all kind of came together. And oh by the way, special teams was an asset for the first time in a long time where they're scoring points instead of giving up points. So um, that I mean, was kind of the the picture of what I thought this Nebraska team could be uh, from the jump, and it took far too long to get there. But but they're here now, and the standings are wide open. Yeah, and I mean, Indiana was 2 for 15 on third down, okay? Yeah. Indiana was 2 for 15 on third down. Nebraska forced 8 three and outs. I'm, I'm with you, Rob. I mean, I, I'd say on, on – on defense and special teams, it was pretty good for Nebraska. Offense, it was okay. Um, but, man, if you play well in two of the three phases, you'll have a chance to win games. Especially in this conference. Yeah, you'll have a chance to win games in the, in the West. Yeah, and there were 23 penalties that they overcame in that game. Both teams did. Nebraska had 12 for over 100 yards. You don't win a lot of games when you have over 100 yards of penalties. But Nebraska figured it out because they blocked a punt and got seven points off it. And they had a home run hitter in Trey Palmer. Uh, you know, they didn't get a home run out of Anthony Grant. They got a lot of singles, and, and that helped mm-hmm. um, for, for Nebraska's offense. The consistency he brought, 32 carries with a long run of 17 yards, I believe, in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they were able to get that play to Trey Palmer. Um, and we talked about this on the postgame show. Uh, our friend Blake Lawrence said he's the best player at receiver of the decade. I think we disagreed with that hot take uh, of Blake Lawrence, but Trey Palmer's a very good player. The big play being a 71-yard. On third and eight in the yeah, fourth quarter. 71-yard touchdown reception. Um, that was huge. And they came back with a 12-play drive, Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, touchdown drive to put it away. I thought that was equally as important because though that's the situation Nebraska has struggled so much mm-hmm. over the last four years, closing out games. You know, normally in past games, that, that's where they go three and out or they have a, a fumble in, in, in minus territory and all of a sudden the game is flipped on its head. Uh, instead – they marched down the field, ate up a ton of clock, and finished the job by getting in the end zone. And that, I think, is 
a real tangible sign of progress because that's a drive Nebraska just doesn't make. Not a year ago, maybe not even a couple weeks ago. They haven't ago. done it in five years. Exactly. Really. So, I mean, I mean that, that, that was notable for me. They didn't just get lucky on a, on a Hail Mary pass. They were able to engineer a game-clinching drive when it absolutely mattered the most. And both, like I said, all three phases stepped up when they had to, but the offense being able to control the course of the game and put the uh, final period on that I thought was telling as much as anything. How about the back and forth with Mark Whipple and Casey Thompson, then Mark Whipple going in more depth about that, how Casey can handle Not every player can handle those kinds of things. And, and Whipple's like, look, I'm, I'm better when I operate as a you-know-what. Um, and, and just, first of all, and Mark Whipple was great this week. Holy cow. Like, it was almost like Mark Whipple yeah. unplugged. He pulled the curtain back. And, you know, he, he was just very, very open and honest about a lot of things. But um, the way he jumped on Casey Thompson, it, it kind of took Casey Thompson two quarters to get out of that rut before the fourth quarter. I guess, and I wouldn't, Sean, I wouldn't characterize it as a back and forth. It was a yeah, one it was way. Pretty one Okay, yeah. <laughs> Casey didn't go back at him. I mean, Casey a, kept his composure pretty well, yeah. really well. Because a lot of young kids now wouldn't react like that. No, no. Casey, Casey's been a quarterback since he was, uh, well, you know what, twelve. He played other positions up to twelve, but. His dad was a quarterback. He knows what football's about. You uh, get that. He said his dad's been grilling him since he was like six years right. old, first started playing football. So that's, that was nothing new to him. No, nothing new and to that's, most That's guys. why Whipple said, like, there's there's certain guys you can do that to, certain ones you can't. Casey's a guy that can handle it. Yeah, he can handle it. He's a tough kid, and he's been, like I say, he grew up around that. So, yeah, he's fine. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as uh, we get ready for Friday's game at Rutgers. It's a 6 o'clock Central Time kick on FS1. It will be the first time Nebraska's played out there since Sipple, that epic 2020 game on December 18th where um, me and you and Parker Gabriel and Sam McEwen were the only four Nebraskans outside of the actual team that were able to watch that game in person. It should be a little bit different scene than as Sam McEwen joked this week to Robin that we were covering a game in East Germany, it felt like, in 2020. <laughs> yeah, that was odd, wasn't it? And you, they kept the – you would have been proud of Sean, Rob, and Abby. They um... – they, they had the door open to the press box. Evidently for COVID airflow. For COVID airflow. I, I didn't buy it, though. It, and was, it was freezing, and Sean just would get up and shut it. And they'd <laughs> open it again, and Sean would shut it. And then they'd open it again, and Sean would shut it. I was so proud of him because I was freezing. It was, was like, terribly cold. Yeah, thank God. I mean, you couldn't even, it. like, yeah. get your fingers no, to type. No. Mid-December in New yeah. Jersey at night. Yeah, like, and they kept the door open. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, Sean, Sean shut, would shut the door every time. Taking a stance. And that was a Greg Schiano, Noah Vedrill led team back then as well. Noah Vedrill hurt in that game, didn't play against Nebraska. Ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's um, right. Watching watching street close. Noah Vedrill once again coming back from a thumb injury. Played four snaps against Ohio State. No more, pass attempts. In a Wildcat role. Well Okay, he was playing Wildcat? Yeah, he's a ball carrier role. Pretty much. Yeah. He didn't um, throw him. Did not throw. So will we see Noah Vedrill? I mean, he he is a six year senior. This game obviously means a lot to him. Uh, but that's another storyline to watch as Noah Vedrill, you know, has never got on the field yet against Nebraska. Um, and, you know, it's up in the air, I think, even for Friday. Yeah, they've used two other guys. I got to, you know, I, I don't know what we're going to see from Noah. Doesn't sound like he can throw much, though. They're not great on offense, Northwestern. Is Crook, in the Crookshank situation, as of show taping, I don't know if they announced he's suspended or anything, but the way he went at that punter mm-hmm. um, out of bounds. Um, you know, that was an ugly scene at the end of that game. And I know Greg Schiano w- was asked that this week. Was he expecting any of their players to be suspended for that fight? Because him and Ryan Day even got into it. I, I mean, was going to say, does he, does he expect to be suspended? <laughs> uh, no, he, he didn't do anything to get suspended. But, boy, yeah, he and Schiano were going at it. Yeah, and so that – Hot. I think the timing of this game is good for Nebraska. I mean, two straight kind of rough mental games against Iowa and Ohio State, short week. How many people that live in that part of the country on a Friday are going to haul their butts down to uh, SHI Stadium to get there for that game? Is it that important to those people? So I don't think Nebraska, in my opinion, is walking into you know what you know what, what's going to be a daunting road atmosphere. Well, I do know that this is their blackout game. <laughs> they scheduled this a long time ago, where it's going to be all black at night. <laughs> It's not even a wildcat. I'm not a wildcat, Sean. <laughs> I don't even know what the Scarlet Knight. What's a Scarlet Knight make? Yeah, they don't, what they kind don't of really sound? Anything. What kind of sound does a Scarlet Knight make, Sean? While we're doing sounds, I just like a, thump, a thumping horse. On <laughs> thumping a, horse. <laughs> Good job. Just merely a flesh wound. <laughs> a little Monty Python there. How about that? Good but answer, yeah, so, Sean. So a thumping they, horse. They are going out of their way to try to generate 
uh, buzz. a buzz for this game with the blackout Friday night. You know, I'll bet you they're doing a whole bunch of stuff around campus, all that sort of stuff. So we'll see. But again, it's Rutgers football. They're in a disappointing season. They just got shellacked by Ohio State, and now it's coming off a short week. I don't know. It, I'm I'm very curious to see if if there will be any sort of an atmosphere. There. I think Sean's right. I think you're getting them at a, I think Nebraska's getting them at a good time. Yeah, no question. And, and they've slimmed these Friday night league games down. I, I believe there's just two a year now. You know, when the Big Ten will actually have a conference. There's some earlier season games that happen on like Labor Day weekend, maybe on a Friday. Uh, but the actual October Friday night games that was a big deal a couple years back when they launched this thing. But usually it's a Maryland or a Rutgers playing a branded team in their stadiums and, and Nebraska got the draw to go to Rutgers. And we kind of knew this would be the case when we saw that schedule that this, this game or even the Purdue game could be a Friday night game. And th- this will be the Friday night game. And by the way, Purdue, another night game simple. So yeah, t- yeah, yeah, another night game. And those are two tough road trips. They're, they really are with They're the buy after, but yeah, this is a defining stretch <sighs> for the Mickey Joseph era. Oh, it really is. I mean, if you can get one of these, they're still kind of in business, you know, now I don't know. I don't know. You, you, if you're going to win the West, you want to win two here. I mean, if you're really serious about winning the West, then you probably got to get them both. Well, if he wins both these games, which it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're favored this week. Wouldn't rule it out. Um, all of a sudden, Trev's got a really a lot of thinking to start doing. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he started doing that, actually. <laughs> but, but, yeah, then it would get sort of – it could get kind of complicated is what you're referring right. to. Right, right. Well, uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk offensive storylines as we get you ready for Friday night's game at Rutgers. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, when I walk around being a nice guy, it just doesn't work as well as when I'm a Okay. I, I don't know why, and that's just what I told the kids on Monday. I said, look, man, I'm, not, I'm down here. Just when I have something across my rear end, guys, we just play better, and that's really what it was like at, at halftime. A lot of times the coaches are just looking out for me and trying to protect me. You know, sometimes I walk over to Coach Whip, and he's like, we're going to give Chubba a couple plays here or whatever, give him a series. Um, like I said, I've been uh, pushing through some things the last few weeks, so uh, I respect their decision, but um, personally, I, I'm always going to tell the coaches, I don't want to come out the game, so I, I want to stay in the game. If I'm if I'm healthy enough to, to go out back out there and be capable of making any type of plays, I don't, I don't want to come off the field. So, And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple. You heard from Mark Whipple, a very animated Mark Whipple on Tuesday this week, and quarterback Casey Thompson, who exited the game for a series which led to Cheva Purdy taking a sack and a fumble, which led to a touchdown in that game. And before we get into the offensive storyline discussion, this segment is brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee <laughs> Hill Road. Get on into Tanner's on Friday night. They're going to have the game on. It's a 6 o'clock start time uh, game with Nebraska and Rutgers. Uh, no better place. Um, I was in there myself on Saturday. Um, ran into our, our good buddy, Mike Dobbs, Sipple and Robin. Whoa, And whoa. Uh, had pregame Saturday wings with Mike Dobbs and his wife, Jody, over go. at Tanner's. And, nice job, um, Great, great. Actually, had a couple guys come up to me and said, we came in here because you guys talk about it on the podcast. So oh, wow. uh, go on into Tanner's. Charbuff wings is my go-to. I don't know what Robin is. Are you charbuff wings? Yeah, I get grilled uh, with the spicy, uh, spicy garlic. No, mm-hmm. no, sweet chili. Sweet, sweet chili. chili. All right, sweet that's chili. what I go with now. But get on in there, watch the game. Thirtieth and Yankee Hill. Cold drinks, great wings. Tanner's Sports Bar on Thirtieth and Yankee Hill. All right, let's get into the offensive storyline discussion of this game. Um, you, you look at the way Nebraska played. Uh, I want to start with the offensive line because I, I do think there's some questions again going forward. Turner Corcoran was ejected. Brant Banks came in, played pretty serviceable. Ethan Piper played, you know, his best game in terms of grade on Pro Football Focus of his career last week. That was a real positive. Hickson's been solid at center. Uh, the right guard, um, we saw Brock Bando take almost 90% of the snaps. Lutoski played about 10 or 11 snaps in that game. And then on the right side, we saw Ben Hart and Hunter Anthony splitting the repetitions. What do you guys think? What do you, what do you think of the line this week? 
uh, especially right tackle, Robin. Yeah, I mean, that was probably the – I mean, obviously losing Turner Corcoran to ejection was significant, but as far as just the, the new wrinkles with the rotation, I thought that was uh, a bit eye-opening. Not only did they rotate heavily – um hunter anthony played more snaps i think it was 48 to 40 in total over uh snaps played in that game so ben hart was still the number one the starter but hunter anthony played the most most action in that game so you you say anthony played 48 snaps Mm -hmm. and ben hart 40 i i think they should keep going that way yeah um maybe i don't know that's kind of what mickey said this week it looked like they're a little more effective with it with hunter anthony in there his grades were not good um you know, especially with his pass blocking. Okay, but it's a lot know. of he didn't have. I mean, Bryce Benhart's had three years of starting repetition. Okay, and then and then as far as Banks, now there's some questions I have in my mind here. If if Banks looks that good, do they consider him at right tackle? Has he really played right though? Has he only been a left? I I, I don't know if That's Banks. I, I've heard this before that he's much better on the left. Okay, and then move Turner Corcoran over to the right or Corcoran back to guard. Yeah, some guys have a hard time going yeah. left to right because it's obviously. Left hand versus right hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, mean, I got you. I mean, it's a whole it's a whole flip, um, you know. And, and Banks has been predominantly left. I I don't know if that that's a good spot for him at right tackle. What would you do, Sean? What would be your five? I like the fifty fifty split of Anthony and Ben Hart to get a feel because if Ben Hart's in a rut, you got to have another option. And I feel like opposing teams recognize Ben Hart as a, a liability. And they loaded up. I mean, mm-hmm. you watched last week. Indiana was overloading the right tackle side of the field and just bringing it. They blitz 17 of 32 pass dropbacks on Nebraska. Whoa. That's a lot of well, heat. heat. Yep. I mean, yeah. when Adrian was here, to kind of put in perspective, teams that only blitz Adrian like four or five times the whole game. Because. Because he could run. Yep. And they were worried about him running away from you. And in this, this situation with Casey, they're not worried about him as a runner. And they know that the right tackle's been a liability. And I think teams have used that. And look, Shiano's a great coach. He's going to bring the heat. Mm-hmm. Like, I expect him to dial it up on the road Friday night. So you would leave it the same otherwise? <sighs> Keep Turner at left tackle? Turner Corcoran will be back at left tackle. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's where he made his first career collegiate start 2020 on that's the right. road at Rutgers when, um, not Sichterman, but um, Hymas opted out. That yeah. day for the NFL. That's right. Imus opted out. Uh, Mickey was pleased with the run blocking, not as much with the pass blocking. They, they weren't too bad run blocking. Uh, I'd probably go the same. I'd, I'd be tempted, though, to look at that, Rob. I'd, I'd be tempted to look at Corcoran at one of the guards. Mm-hmm. If, now, it's just – you just don't know if Banks would continue to play well. If he, can, can he bring that sort of consistency that you need? That's, that's what you wonder. And that's where we don't – that's where you know we don't see practice, so we don't we don't know what that consistency looks like. Yeah. Well, I mean, just compare what we're talking about now, where they actually have some viable options with their tackle depth, uh, mm-hmm. whereas before that was a huge question, like who was after Turner and Teddy Prohaska, and then uh, with Bryce Benhart struggling and all that sort of stuff, and after the shakeups, what were they going to do there? Now you, you have some some options on the table to where you can get creative and and try to find your actual best five as opposed to just playing the guys that that can actually play tackle. Uh-huh. Yeah, that Corcoran situation was quite a deal to overcome. And I think just when you factor in that, along with having to put in – That situation meaning what? But When he was ejected. Ejection. Yeah, so he had two straight 15-yard penalties, which Whipple said he's never seen. Whipple says he's never – he told Turner that. He said, I told Cork, he calls him. He said, he told him, I've never seen a guy get two back-to-back 15-yarders. I've never seen that it. referee. Whipple's sixty-five years old, and that that crew. <laughs> I, I'd be lot. curious um, what kind of feedback Kevin Warren, he was there at the game, had about the officiating crew. Because I mean, they they really made themselves a part of that game. I yeah. didn't think it was a. Yeah, I didn't look. I didn't watch the game and think that's a bad crew. Right. We, we looked or we talked about this afterwards too. Is yeah, there were a lot of penalties, but I think it was a lot of sloppy play. Right. And a lot of it was warranted. You know, there was some questionable ones. Uh, the, Quentin Newsom pass interference immediately comes un, to mind. The ball, yeah. the ball was uncatchable. Yeah, so you know that plays like that, you can go back and question. But overall, it just kind of looked like two teams that weren't very disciplined. That's <laughs> that, what I thought. That were committing a lot of penalties. That's what I thought. And, and they didn't. The one thing you'd say about the refs is they didn't influence the outcome at all. It was even. Yeah, it was even. It was eleven to ten. That's at the end of the day. That's all I care about. I'm not. I'll tell you what, Sean. I don't play that rough yeah, this, card. This wasn't Texas A&M, Nebraska, 2010. <laughs> that was a little ridiculous. <laughs> that was a little ridiculous. <laughs> All right. well, how many did they have that night? 16. 
It was like 16 to 16. He had like one. Bo handled that really well, though. That's the thing. Surprisingly, he handled that very well. But that was the Carl Pellini game, right? Oh, yeah. Carl handled Smash a camera or something like that. Yeah, they handled that very very professionally. Well, then your old colleague, uh, Bryant, wrote a story in the paper about the camera smash thing. He was pretty upset, I remember. Yeah, I do remember that. Somehow I remember that. They tried to deny it. He tried to deny it. And the Texags outlet had like this aerial, like time warp deal of him like grabbing the camera and it was like and like showed him like lifting the camera in the air like throwing it and Gabe Bach was his name the guy whose camera that got broke that was, you remember that yeah Gabe's a great guy I've met him before he's <laughs> Sean knows everybody from Texas he it's does. a great outlet um, alright <laughs> as we wrap it up Anthony Grant over under 25 carries again this week I say over especially yeah. with the style this game is going to be I mean I think they're already setting the tone for this to be Smash Mouth, as Bill Bush called it. What did he say? Big Boy Football, or I can't remember what it was. Either way, um, uh, what the hell did he say? I, I can look it up. Anyway, either way, it's going to be. What do you got, Seth? I'm going to go over. Uh, over. I'm going to say under, and I I'm going to because they'll have a bigger run, maybe. Yeah, and I are we going to see Ramir Johnson? He's from Oradell, New Jersey. He Ramir didn't dress. Johnson. Well, he didn't dress. Oh, he didn't dress. He was, he was out Saturday. Okay, do you know why? No, no, and. Before your tin foil hat theories come out, he's already used a red shirt, so it wasn't like he was trying to like opt out because he's already red shirted, you know, in his career. Okay, well, I want to say I, I want to think about this again. I'm going to say over two because I don't know that they feel like they can go Gabe Irvin to Gabe Irvin too much. Yeah. Would he get six carries the other night? Yeah, six carries. And I think we know what Yant is. Like I, I just Yant it Yant is good for a few touches, but. Yeah. He can't carry a game like they the, don't need him with Anthony. The, Grant. the rhythm that Grant gets into, the other backs can't do that. I think yeah. Gabe Irvin's got a. I think he's got to slow it down a little bit. He, he's he's he, running too mad. Yeah, he's running <laughs> very aggressively and not. He's not picking his he's spots. Not seeing it. Right, right. He's just he's just hammering it. Okay. Listen, listen to me. I'm like Frank Solish, yeah. the so running back. The exact quote from Bill Bush: "A big man's fight." It's a big man's. So that's fight. that's the game they're expecting Friday night. Which in my I. I, in a big man's fight, I'm giving the ball to Anthony Grant. Big, yeah, yeah. Because he fights. Yeah, big man's fight. It's going to be a big man's fight here Friday night at Steakhouse 85, boys. <laughs> Is when it going to be a big Thursday man's night. Thursday night. Thursday night, Steakhouse 85 <laughs> in, in uh, Rutgers. Steakhouse 85, that's what we're doing? Yep. People keep asking me, what's this steakhouse you're talking about? Steakhouse 85. Okay, I can remember that. Let's go. All right, when we come back, let's talk defense, and maybe we'll talk more steak. You're listening here to the Oscar Online <laughs> Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. A lot of it is just a mentality. It's a mentality. You know, we switched up the defense a little bit, but um, we were just ready to go, ready to go fly around. I thought we tackled really well, played really well as a defense, and it was, it was fun. We had, we had a lot of fun out there. So. Defense played, they played lights out. They played lights out. I, I want to say they were on third down conversions. I think they were, they, were two out of, they were two out of 15 on third down conversions. So that means the defense was getting off the field. They were fired up, and they played, they played lights out. And welcome back here to the Oscar Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robert Washett, Steve Sipple, as we get you ready for Friday night's game here with Nebraska and Rutgers. It's a 6 p.m. Central Time kickoff on FS1. One of two Friday games, by the way. Obviously, Black Friday. That's a 3 o'clock game in Iowa City this year. Um, and then next week, we're on the road again at Purdue. It's a night game. And who knows? There's rumblings I'm hearing that Illinois could be a night game. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's a night game. And perfect I hope it's seg- for nine o'clock for the fans. I hope it's a night. Yeah, perfect segue. We will be doing a post game live from New Jersey. So if you love listening to the Husker Online Show, you love re- reading our content and taking advantage of our great ten dollar annual special going on right now. Well, we will have our live Husker Online Show on the Husker Online YouTube channel. Um, ideally, we'll probably start around midnight. Uh, we've got to kind of get a lay of the land and figure out where we're going to be doing it from. Uh, and some other challenges that await. But 
I've got some equipment to travel with, and we are you're going to get Steve Sippel after this game. Yeah, that's critical in everybody's life. <laughs> and if you don't get it live, it will be posted on the podcast on channel the pod. and, and on the YouTube and later, the YouTube so. channel, so you can wake up early and. I've had a lot of people say they just enjoy coming home after the game and popping open a drink and listening to our post game show. So uh, we're going to keep doing it because we know. Yeah, keep drinking. Um, well, we're going to keep. <laughs> we're going to keep. <laughs> we're going to keep yeah, doing it. Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Okay, defensive storylines. Yeah. Number one last week, Nebraska missed six tackles total. They were averaging thirteen point seven five per game before that. Good numbers. Sean. So you know they they improved their missed tackle per game by about eight, and we've already covered the. Seven three and outs plus the four and out on fourth down. So really four, eight four, three and outs. The two for 15 Nebraska had. Um, so many things jumped out about it. They got pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Ty Robinson looked like the guy we thought. And Bill Bush shared Sipple an interesting anecdote about just Matt Millen uh, commenting to him about Robinson and him sharing that with Robinson. And I talked to Ty today mm-hmm. after practice. And, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm having fun now. I'm, I'm just playing free. You saw you saw Ty today? Yeah, I, I leaving the stadium. He, 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 here's what Bush said about just why they played well. They got lined up. He said we were 100% in terms of alignment. Cleat, they got lined up. Cleats in the turf. Yeah, and you could see it. You could tell. I mean, me and Robin – I mean, Sean, you kind of watch the games. But, but me and Rob, we, we – <laughs> I was just seeing if Rob was paying attention. <laughs> seeing if Sean's paying attention. Rob, we watched the games, and we noticed a lot of the time this year they just weren't getting lined up in time. Yeah. Feet, feet were moving. It's constant snap. confusion, guys. Yeah. Then their eyes were to be. Yeah, right. That's a lot of what it is. When your when your cleats are in the ground, your eyes are in the right spot. You have a chance. And they weren't perfect. They didn't play perfect defense. But Bill said they were perfectly aligned. Aligned. He said ninety six percent. And look how big of a difference that made. I mean, there we, there was some personnel shakeups, Malcolm Hartzog, all that. But for the most part, it was the same guys that we saw yeah. a few weeks ago against Oklahoma or Georgia Southern when they couldn't stop anybody. Now all of a sudden, they are comfortable on the field. They know what they're doing. They get their feet set, and then they can play fast. And That's so what he wanted. That was a big part of it. And then when they were in those one on one tackling situations, they tackled. I thought their open field tackling was significantly better than what we'd seen over the first few games. And you pair those two things together, look how much of a dramatic impact that can make on a defense that we were talking about being historically bad, like worse than Bob Diaco-level defense, to now being a huge part of why they won that game. Yes. I think, yeah, they did They did tackle better. And this is where you got to kind of throw out the disclaimer, though. you got to throw it out in the ether where Indiana didn't have its top two receivers. Yeah. Cam Camper, and then I think the other guy's name was E.J. Williams, um, Florida State transfer. They didn't have those guys. Nebraska was starting a true freshman at corner. That's true by his, his own volition, though by his own by their own volition. Mm-hmm. It wasn't forced. Um, and and now he played well. What what were his Hartzog's numbers? He had a pass breakup, and I think he was targeted six times. Targeted six times. Did not allow a catch. Yeah, that's good. He's a little guy. I mean, I, I kept saying that to Robin when we walked down to the field you know we watch it from the press box but then the final few minutes we go down there i was really struck by how little he is they list him at five nine and oh. a lot of times those measurements are generous he's courtney and they, they they compared him to baron miles right yeah, yeah. they but very very bill yeah. bush very yeah. loosely he, very he backtracked people that building no baron miles is other than probably <laughs> Ken, kenny wilhite and bill bush well there's a lot of older generation people that know matt davison would know who uh, baron miles is yeah. i mean there's but rob is that too is that predate you no i was right when i was dialed in i always think of you as being much younger no i was 11 when he okay was all, right. all right miles was last year was 93 or was he on the 94 94 team okay the, good job he was locking up those miami went on teams. to have a huge career in the cfl big time big time pump blocker kick blocker absolutely. is what Barry miles was absolutely that was he was a big time pump blocker big time you're listening so, here. It was in stature. That was back when they used to block a punt every single game back in the day. They blocked a punt every – No. They don't. They did. <laughs> Sometimes two. <laughs> you know what they did back then, though? They, they would have two or three return guys back to catch punts. And we, we haven't seen Nebraska really ever do that very often. We saw Michigan State do it, and they beat mm-hmm. Nebraska by doing it last yep, year. Yep. Um, you know, they did return punts, though, last week. I mean, uh, Trey Palmer had um, – 22 tw- yard, Which was yeah, the longest tw- 27 on three returns. 27 on three. But the 22-yard punt was a lo- return was the longest since uh, Cam Taylor Britt at Purdue in 2020. Yeah, 2020. That was 27 yards. So, you know, they, they've gotten some positive gains out of specials that we haven't seen really in the Scott Frost era. Yeah. I think they had a fifth, almost a 15-yard 
13, 15 yard advantage in overall starting field position. Mm. So, I mean, Mushini had a couple shanks on punts, but he also put three inside the 10, including one all the way down to the two. Uh, so really every phase of special teams came up and, and made plays. Uh, they didn't really need much out of the, the place kicking game. Well, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen Timmy Bleak Road all season. Yeah. He's got one made field goal. But the, the coverage teams were good. The punting, for the most part, was good outside of a couple bad ones. And then obviously getting some production out of the return team and then the block punt. I mean, that, that's as good of a special teams performance we've seen across the board, maybe since Purdue in that COVID year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and that was um, one of the better ones. That, that I mean, collective performances mm-hmm. of a Scott Frost team that win at Purdue where it led you to believe the next week they were going to handle Minnesota and they lost to Minnesota. Yeah, Wandale Robinson was actually running routes downfield. Hmm. That didn't happen again. Whew. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, you look at the defense. Um, I just think tackling and fundamentals again this week, guys. I mean, that's the key. I, I don't think Rutgers is going to really wow them with a lot of elite talent. Um, I, I think for Nebraska, if they can just line up and play like they did, they've got a great chance in this game to match up on defense. What they're going to do is, and Bill Bush talked about this a little bit, was they're going to throw a lot of pre-snap stuff at them, a lot of motions, uh, some personnel packages, just just make you think and try to get you caught up out of position. A couple of updates that we were talking about earlier in the open about injuries. and uh, Aaron Cruikshank, uh, the star kick returner who I think runs back a touchdown against Nebraska every year, uh, that uh, Greg Shannon was asked if he's heard anything more about any following discipline. He said no, and if he anticipates him being available, he says, as of now, sure. And then he was asked about uh, any returning uh, players coming back from injury, uh, specifically Mark Vedrill. Uh, he said if he does play, he'll probably continue to be limited in what he can do as opposed to what making him try to do things he can't. All right, when we come back, we're going to bring in Abby Barmore, and we'll take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. This is what I know about the Vedral fam- family across the board. That is some tough dudes. I, the whole family, he's the same way. If you're a Vedral, all you know is like that. You don't want to fight a Vedral, okay? They're tough. They're really, really tough dudes, and, and uh, you don't want to and playing against them like that. So we know, like I said, as I said, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a grown man's fight. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple, Abby Barmore now joining us here on the mailbag segment. Lots to get through, as you just heard Bill Bush talking about Noah Vedral and his toughness. Uh, and let's bring in Abby. Abby, um, what do you got to lead us off here in the mailbag? All right, here we go, guys. The first one is, now that we've seen Nebraska beat a Big Ten team, is it realistic for them to win six games this year? Mm. I don't know if you can start that conversation. So four more is what we're talking Until they yep. win this. I mean, if they, if they beat Rutgers... Then, I, then I, I think you can start thinking about it. And I think I want to see what Wisconsin looks like without Chris. I want to see how Iowa responds against Illinois. Sorry, Sean, it's not a very good league right now. Not no. in the West. The division is not very good. Can, is Nebraska what do you mean, a six-way tie? It's not that good. <laughs> but that's where that Northwest, Abby? that Northwestern and Georgia Southern games are just brutal losses now. Absolutely. I mean, you're you're going to a bowl game if you have those games right now. Frost is still here if you have those games right yeah. now. No question. But these next two weeks will for sure dictate however we view Wisconsin, how we view Iowa. Because if they can go win and go and win this game Friday, then all of a sudden you're feeling good about them with Purdue. If they can go on the road, win three straight Big Ten games, including two on the road, then all of a sudden you, you can put some, some legitimacy behind some of those projections. But right now um, I still am keeping myself in the prove it mode where I want to see this team win two straight conference games for the first time in years, you know, before I start projecting them to go on a, a winning streak here at the end of the year. Oh, th- I mean, this could get really interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm like you, though. I, I'm just going to see what it looks like against Rutgers. I'm not going to think too far ahead at all. One week season. Yeah. Rutgers has a good defense on paper. How does Nebraska's offensive line match up with Rutgers' defensive line? Great question. Um, I think Nebraska will have some issues. I mean, they're going to have issues almost every game. They had issues against North Dakota on, on their offensive line. Yeah. Um, so that's why Anthony Grant's important. They need enough out of him to keep defenses honest. Right, because if all of a sudden you're asking Casey to drop back 40, 
50 times uh, with that pass protection, he's going to be in for a world of, world of hurt. He's already listed the lengthy injuries that he's dealt with, with jaw, calf, shoulder, AC joint, all that stuff. Uh, to keep him upright for the course of the season, you got to protect him. And the way to protect him is obviously better pass blocking, but also to have a run game that you can lean on to mm-hmm. take that pressure off. And like you said, Sean, keep defenses honest. Good answer. Thanks. What do you got next, Abby? Does the Wisconsin head coaching job opening up make things more complicated for Nebraska? Mm, I don't think so. I think that, I mean, I talked to a, I'll just say a Wisconsin insider yesterday. This is Jim. They've put all the chips on the table for Jim Leonard. He's the defensive coordinator. That's who they, they don't have. It's not like Jim, it's not like a Mickey Joseph situation at Wisconsin. They're not looking to Jim Leonard to, to say, okay, you got to win four or five games to to prove yourself. I think he'd have to win a couple. As long as he settles the team down and they play good, hard-nosed football, it'll be Jim Leonard's job. There's a reason he turned down the Packers in February of 2021. They came at him to be their defensive coordinator. There's a reason he turned down. This is the reason. I mean, there was they had designs on him being the head coach. He'll be the head coach as long as they don't completely collapse. God, Jim Leonard. I mean, he, he so so it's not a complicator to Nebraska. When you study his story, I mean, he grew up in a town with like less than a thousand people. He was a five foot eight Wisconsin defensive back. He walked on, right? Yeah, yeah he's a walk on, and then played ten years in the NFL. He was he was like an all American as yeah, a walk on, all American. Yeah, he's an amazing story. I mean, his story when you go, I mean, he's like a Danny Woodhead type guy. At, at the Wisconsin level. I mean, just like a small guy. That, more accomplished, though. More com- – I mean, yeah, no. more com- – I mean, All-American. Well, I mean, Woodhead – All-American in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. So, no. I mean, in just his attitude and toughness, he no. he defines their program and, and what they want it to be. So, yeah, I mean, I think they don't play a ranked team, guys, either in these final seven weeks. No, just got – he's just got to – they just got to play okay. <laughs> Nobody in the West, when you just go to divisional games, plays a ranked team because there's no more – there's no ranked teams in the division <laughs> right now. Nobody's ranked. <laughs> what do you got next, Abby? Malcolm Hartzog got his first start against Indiana, and he had some of the best PFF grades of all the secondary players. Were you surprised by his performance, and what are you expecting from him this week? Um, I'm a little surprised just because I felt like he was one of those last-chance guys they, they went after in recruiting in December, and they, they didn't have a great feel on this guy. I mean, they kind of did. I mean, Shenander went out there and saw him, him and looked at him. Um, but went he, down to Mississippi? Yeah. On a buy, and you know, look down there. When at was him. that? In December or no November. It was one of those buy recruiting weeks. Okay. And then they brought him up for a visit. Um, but when you see him in person, you're like, this guy's not a big guy. But he was a state champion, led his team. Uh, he was Mister Football in his classification, so he's a winner. He's a tough kid. He was a ball carrier too. He averaged over ten yards a carry as a ball carrier. So um, very accomplished, tough kid, and humble i mean he, he didn't you know you ranked the 33 newcomers that came in he was probably bottom five on the rankings mm-hmm. and and for him to be a starter yeah. wow well and then we didn't hear anything really about him all fall camp no, all the first few games of the season until that bi-week press conference when mickey joseph was asked if there was any young <laughs> defensive backs that uh you know they could vault in the equation malcolm hartzog suddenly was the first guy he mentioned and then a couple of weeks later, he's starting, and then he's playing at that level. So yes, I was surprised. Yeah, I was too. I was surprised with how quickly he became a factor. I like what Bill Bush said about Malcolm Hartzog today. He says he's not afraid to stick his face in the fan. Yeah, I like that. All right, we got time for a few more. What's next, Abby? What if Mickey wins five more games, but two are against Iowa and Wisconsin late in the season? Does Alberts go for another coach, or does he stick with Mickey? <laughs> It'd be hard not to take Mickey in that situation. That's what Sean was talking about. Yeah. That's what Sean was talking about. So five more, so they're sitting there at seven and five. Oh, God. He's got the job. It'd be really hard not to take him because of the emotion. There's contention to win the West at that point. Okay, Nebraska hasn't beaten Iowa since 2014. They haven't beaten Wisconsin since 2012. I'm not a smart man, but I know that. That Those games carry weight. I don't care what Wisconsin is this year. I don't care what Iowa this is year. Like. Nebraska needs to win those games for the fan base. <laughs> I always say the same thing. I've been saying it for three weeks, but it, but it, it comes down to it'd be there'd be so much emotion behind yes, Mickey's name, and there'd be so much momentum, and those things in college. That's what defines college football. And Trev would be in a spot if he thought if he was thinking about not hiring Mickey, 
he better have a really good option there. Yeah. Then you got to sell it. You'd have public lobbying from players. You'd have public lobbying from former players. Oh, well, it could divide people up pretty and fast. It would get nasty. Now, what the one thing though? What if they said, Mickey, we'll pay a we'll pay a million and a half to stay here as associate head coach. Well, may, maybe Mickey at that point might have other job offers. What Colorado? About Colorado. I mean, yeah. Vance Joseph, say, hire my brother. Uh-huh. But would Mickey, Would Mickey? I mean, wouldn't that soothe sort of the people that are Make upset? him like the Vince Marrow to the new coach here. I mean, no, that'd be bigger Vince Marrow. Well, Vince Marrow makes over a million at Kentucky. Yeah, but he, is he the associate head coach? Yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah, okay. he, he carries like multiple titles. Okay. He's the, I believe, one of the highest, if not the highest paid non-coordinators okay. non in college football. There's your answer, Abby. All right. What do you got, Abby? Final question. All right. Someone from Twitter, Corey from Twitter, is going on his first Husker Road game to Rutgers. What is your favorite restaurant there, and what are some tips for his first game? Well, so it's it's a big Italian part of the country, obviously. I know the Stromboli place. Um, I was Stuff Your Face, yep. right? Stuff Your Face, Y-E-R. And we went to Stuff <laughs> Your Face in 2015. It's good. Was it 15 when we went out there? 15. And I remember, what I remember is there was a tattoo parlor next door. <laughs> free tattoos. And it was like, they were doing free tattoos on a Friday. The, and line, right? the line was wrapped around the block. Is that right? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it was bizarre. Nuts. But, did um, you get one? I did not. No. I thought about it. I didn't want to wait in line. No, uh, that's too long of a line. <laughs> and Dan, Dan Hoppin was with us on that. Dan Hoppin did not get one either on that trip. He but didn't. He thought about it. Um, stuff your face. That's a go-to. Um, but the other place... Like there's two steakhouses, Steakhouse 85, and then Salt. Salt. And I talking to some of the team officials that they were told that by the Hyatt Regency, uh, where we're staying at. You can walk to all those places, but uh, both very good options. And then and then your your post meal uh, spot. This is the place we went to last year, and it's about as hole in the wall bar as you're going to find. But it's called the Old Queen's Tavern. O L D E. Queens You'll Tavern. get the Jersey experience. It's basically like a house like that looks like somebody's house that they turned into a bar on the inside, and it was super fun. It did, it, it's one of those places that doesn't really start getting rowdy until like midnight out like, there, uh, but... It I, felt like being on Jersey Shore. Yeah, I oh, wow. There really? was a good mix of Nebraska fans. They got there early, and then the Rutgers student body that came in, and it, it, it meshed well that night. So we met the Rutgers third baseman. Like yeah. He was like the actual current third baseman. <laughs> and, and he sat and talked with us for a lot of the night. And I still talk to Chris. Um, he, His I name mean, is Chris? Yeah, he lives in New York now. Is that right? And, and we, might, we might meet up with Chris um, out there as well. But Yeah. You guys ever hear of Applebee's? <laughs> I think they got Outbacks out there. <laughs> they, got Outback. <laughs> they got an Outback? You'll be in bed. <laughs> Easy. I might. I'll go to. You could hit up the Queens. You're going to go. You're going to hit up the um, Steakhouse 80. 85. Yeah, Steakhouse 85 I'm looking for. And you're a filet guy like Robin, right? Yep. Mm, yeah, I get. I don't know. I mean, I, I like it. I like a lot of different. Don't be the guy that gets the chicken at the steakhouse. <laughs> I'll have the chicken. Apparently, I won't have the chicken. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I like fried chicken. <laughs> I do. At a steakhouse? No, I'll get a steak. Chicken strips. Steak. I'll get the, I like uh, the, sirloin. the I like pork sirloin. chop. <laughs> I just like like an eight-ounce sirloin. Now let me tell you, a good uh, pork chop done right is really good too. Is that right? It is, but I'm not going to a first class steakhouse uh-uh. to eat anything but first class. Right, steak. Sean, I'm I'm not going to get fried chicken. So Steakhouse 85, it's where they take the recruits. It's the official Rutgers Steakhouse. That's where we're going to go. But stuff your face, stuff your face. We have a reservation. Yes. God, you're amazing. Hey, come on, come on. You're amazing. It's well, my think, second rodeo, welcome to the not big my show. first. Like, welcome to the big time. <laughs> this is, all right. I'm very excited right now. <laughs> when we Easy, come back, we will Rob. close the show <laughs> with some Big Ten football talk. You're listening to the Oscar Light Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Every Saturday is crazy in college football. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. So uh, specifically in the Big Ten, I mean, there's teams that went down today all in the top 25. I think that we we just have to continue to focus on one game at a time. We're watching these games in the hotel. We said, you know, the, the Big Ten West is uh, wide open. We just got to focus on one game at a time. And we were focused on beating Indiana today, and that's what we did. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Final segment, Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel. 
Robin Washa talking Big Ten. As you heard, Casey Thompson with his little twang, Big Ten uh, games, um, always tight. Wow, and close. I didn't hear that, Sean. Now he's you got a little draw on there, okay, um, yeah. you know, and where this thing's at. I want to go through Week Five in, in the games and what we learned. Uh, we'll give some thoughts on that, then we'll get you ready for Week Six. Obviously, huge story in Madison, Illinois. Brett Bielema comes in there and just rams it up, Wisconsin, thirty-four to ten. Um, wow, that's pretty graphic, Sean. <laughs> I mean, they they just. <laughs> Shut them down. I mean, they yeah. outscored them twenty, it. twenty to yeah. nothing in the second half. Twenty to nothing. Shut them out. Yeah. Um, Paul Chris fired the next day. Michigan goes into Iowa City. Kind of a game that we expected it to be. Twenty-seven to fourteen. Um, Corum twenty-nine carries, one thirty-three. Uh, Iowa struggled. I mean, when when Petrus has to throw it as much as he did, they're just not going to be a great team. And uh, Iowa now three and two. Probably the other real surprising game of the weekend. Purdue goes into Minneapolis. Aiden O'Connell, game time decision. They win 20-10 to 10 over the ranked Gophers. The other part of that, though, no Mo Ibrahim. He was out with an ankle injury. Um, so the Gophers looked a lot different. When you make Aiden, or Tanner Morgan throw as much as they had to, he's, he's not that kind of quarterback without Mo Ibrahim. No, I mean, it was, that, was, that was a – fascinating game to watch now it was not it wasn't pleasing to the eye but it was a big 10 football and purdue see that here's the significance of it to me we always think about purdue as an offensive team as an offensive program that they're going to win with offense what purdue is doing is playing good defense they i don't care if ibrahim's playing or not to hold minnesota to 10 points on its home field is is statement that's now 10 you, point dogs that's 10 point dogs now dean hart tom dean hart our friend would always talk about Purdue's defense. You told us about it this summer. They're pretty good defensively. I was reading those preseason magazines. They'd always be like, this is more about defense than offense this year for Purdue. And there you go. They go on the road and get a huge win because of their defense. Yeah, that Illinois game was a statement game. Um, you know, I know oh, the it, Illinois game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, just transitioning to that game. I oh. mean, with, with I thought that was setting up to be the perfect opportunity for another one of those Wisconsin get-right games. When Just when you think they're about to fall off, they come back and, and look like Wisconsin. Well, they got housed. Brett Bielema, like you said, <laughs> took it to them and uh, dominated that game in every sense and beat them with Wisconsin-style physicality. And so that, that made me definitely open an eyes for one, of where Wisconsin is right now, but two, the direction Illinois is headed and the job Brett Bielema has oh, done yeah. to make them a Big Ten contender. Legit Four defense. and one. All right, Maryland takes out Michigan State 27-13. The Spartans now two and three under their uh, $95 million head coach, Mel Tucker. That's an interesting thing to watch here as this season plays out because there's not a lot of wins on that schedule for Michigan State. No, there's not. Um, Penn State. 17 to 7, and that was in state college over Northwestern. Northwestern 1 and 4, but wasn't it exactly the kind of win you'd expect? Nope. I think we thought that'd be a prettier win. Yep. And then Ohio State 49 to 10 over Rutgers. CJ Stroud hardly had to throw it, only 150 yards, four yards passing. Um, the running back Williams had 189 yards and five rushing touchdowns for Ohio State. Go back to Wisconsin. Here's the deal. A lot of people will put this on Graham Mertz. It's not. It's more complicated than that. Their inside linebackers are not. They're, they're, there's a big drop off at inside linebacker in Wisconsin. Bobby Ingram's their offensive coordinator, shifting to the other side, and it's not working out. It, he won't be there next year. I don't care what, what Leonard. If, if if it's Leonard, he won't bring him back. Mm. Um, they're they're. It's not. It, apparently, Ingram isn't meshing well with the O line coach. And that's causing issues. And then there is Mertz, who's a problem. It, this is a – it's informative what's going on. Iowa and Wisconsin, typically to the powers in the West, they have real trouble at quarterback. They really do. And that you got to have that. You do got to have that piece. You should. And, that man, they struggle. I did watch Petrus against Michigan. And that was painful to watch at times, Spencer yeah. Petrus. He misses guys high a lot. Um, crowd's uncomfortable. Uh, they got to do better. That's than why Petrus. Iowa and Wisconsin both could have probably gotten J.J. Cole, the, the talented Des Moines quarterback going to Iowa State. Okay. And he was literally made out of central casting to be the Iowa or Wisconsin quarterback. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to either of those. I, that recruiting decision management, how they didn't go after J.J. Cole harder, shocks me. Because I've seen their quarterback play. I've seen J.J. Cole. And he would have been an unbelievable quarterback. He was the MVP of the Elite 11. Probably. You thought Nebraska should go out. And Nebraska should have, yeah. And he's going to Iowa State. Mm -hmm. um, so 
All right, let's get into the week six games. Okay, let's do Obviously, that. Friday night, Nebraska at Rutgers. Huskers, a three-point favorite. Michigan at Indiana. Uh, the Wolverines are a 22-point favorite. That's big noon kickoff um, on Fox at 11 Central Time. Purdue at Maryland. Maryland's favored by three. In that, I, I haven't checked your guys' picks yet. Are, are you guys taking Maryland or Purdue in that game? I haven't decided, Sean. I got to think about I'm it. Pretty sure I took the Terps. Yeah, I'd lean towards Maryland. I would. Oh, I took the Terps. I took by ten. That's a big game in the division standings for the West. Because if if Maryland beats them, that's enough. I mean, Purdue is in kind of a hole there at that point. Yeah, they are. And then you've got Northwestern hosting Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That's a sneaky game. Sneaky, but definitely not worth watching. No, it's a it's a, a two thirty BTN game, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Northwestern made it either. Interesting. I wouldn't either. They're ten point underdogs. Jeez. The over under is only at forty four and a half, so that's going to be a uh, typical Big Ten plotting afternoon mm-hmm. game. There. Take a guess. How many points do you think Mich- uh, Ohio State's favored at Michigan State right now? I'm going to say twenty seven and a half. Twenty six and a half. Okay. That's a, I mean, that's a, they, I think it's the largest underdog Michigan State's been at home since that's like, the, since 95 Nebraska. That's amazing. Yeah. That Mel Tucker situation just keeps getting worse and worse. And then finally, I think this is the game I'm probably the most intrigued. We'll, we'll be back Saturday from the airport to watch this when we get back. Iowa at Illinois, mm. BTN, oh. 6.30. Oh, yeah. Illini, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, big, big, big West division clash. Oh, yeah, those are interesting games. Over-under at 35-and-a-half. Yeah. On that Iowa game? <laughs> yes. God. <laughs> well, neither points, of those off. I mean, Illinois, Illinois' strength is its defense. That could be like a two-and-a-half-hour game. Yeah, Illinois' strength is his defense. They do have Chase Brown, he, and he's good, but the Illinois offense isn't much. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's a, that's, that, Sean, that will be a good game to watch if you can stay up. Yeah, we got three games that will be blowouts, at least perceived blowouts, Michigan over Indiana, Ohio State over Michigan State, and, and Wisconsin should beat Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Purdue-Maryland and the Iowa-Illinois games, coin flip games, and then Nebraska-Rutgers is a coin flip game. Joel Klatt, you're familiar with. Joe Klatt has Ohio State number one in the country on his ballot. Hmm. One number one, Alabama two, Michigan three, Clemson four. Who am I missing? You listening, Michigan? Sean? No, Sean. I just said Michigan. Number one, Alabama. <laughs> no, number no, excuse me. Number one, Ohio State. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Clemson. Who am I missing? Kansas. <laughs> no, I'm missing Georgia. <laughs> I'm just giving Georgia's crap. five. Georgia's five on Klatt's ballot. Slipped. Well, they should have lost to Missouri. They should have lost to Missouri, but it's at Missouri. If I'm Jim, if I'm Kirby, I'm like, okay, wait a second. We just went on the road and won an SEC game, and you're dropping us to five. Now they did get pushed by Kent State, and that, that was probably the Columbia problem. at night's tough too. I mean, I've been there plenty of games at night. That's a hard place to win it at is, night. It's a hard place to get to your car sometimes at night <laughs> without getting stuff thrown at you. Yeah. Hello, right. hello, it All happened. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I will. I'll see you. Um, I will see you guys in New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> Steakhouse eighty five. We'll meet there. Steakhouse eighty five. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you join us, Husker Online, on the YouTube channel. Probably will be on around eleven or twelve uh, midnight uh, with our post game show. So join us live. We'll have it on the podcast channel as well. Thanks for listening to Husker Online. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.